Welcome to episode 413 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Team, welcome along to episode four one three of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Ives. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Yourself? I am sensational. Who say that? The league, the league commentator. Mm. Sensational. Mm. Oh, the league, the Warriors, the Crusaders. Yep, we're on a winning, winning roll down here. Oh, it's all happening right now. Okay, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffeesofhawaii.com. That tasty, fresh fleece. Fleece? What's that? Fleece? Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like a taste with a- an F. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And trainer road. The greatest training tool in the world. Okay, guys, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We have an age group of the week. We've got an interview with Gina Kerr from uh, part of Endurance Corner and multiple top tenner in Kona. Times and we've got a new a new section. I see. Yeah, this is great. John's interesting fact. I think this is basically John's internet browsing. Yeah. I think you obviously got stuck down some rat hole, didn't you? No, just somebody's just sent me. I just got a newsletter and it had a link on it, and I think it's pretty funky. Okay, and then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Well, when it comes to news this week, we actually have a couple big pieces of news, really, don't we? And we're going to start off with Challenge Family have announced the Bahrain a Bahrain race, and they're going to be having five hundred thousand dollars prize purse. And what excites me about this race is A, 500000 is a shitload of money and I think the only race that even remotely gets close to that is, uh, is Kona. Kona. It's plus, 650, isn't it? Yeah, 650 plus you have obviously the, um, the Des Moines uh, Olympic distance race but this is, I wouldn't say it's a game changer but it's getting up there. And what excites me though is the timing I think is perfect because the, the race is going to be held on December the 6th. So you're going to, it's you know, end of season for all the Northern Hemisphere athletes. It's not going to interfere with Kona qualifying, but also it's going to mean that some of the ITU athletes can do it as well. You know, uh-huh. It's a half distance, it's not a full. So I think you have a nice sort of mix of crossover. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they play it out in terms of how that Prize Please money gets up. broken down, yeah, and whether they do appearance fees and things like that. Like I'm, if, if I was a race director, I'm thinking, how am I going to try to get the most exposure? Because it's all about promoting Bahrain as a tourist destination, and just yeah, uh, and, and yeah. How you, how you would do that? On. I think you want to be getting the best guys in the world, obviously. But this is just five hundred. Um, prize purse mm. so you, that's not appearance fees yeah I know but whether or not they've just put it all in prize money and thinking we hope they come or whether you go five, I've got five, if I had, had $500,000 to spend on prize money and appearances I would probably be more inclined to put say Four hundred or three fifty on the line, and then probably spend the rest trying to get people there. You know, if you got Brownlee, Brownlee, Gomez, Fredino, and then a couple of the big Ironman game changers, probably like Keenlay and uh, maybe Andrew Starkowitz and stuff, to try to make the race more exciting, you get you know the six or seven biggest names in the world. And here we've got to, we cross over all distances because it's a half. I think that would be the way that you're going to get the most amount of exposure, rather than just. Oh, we'll hope we'll just see who turns up. We'll put the prize money out there. But uh, do you think, think that happens awesome. and scares athletes away? Mm. You know, like let's say Brownlee and Gomez and and those guys are going to turn up. And I know it's a longer distance yep. to what they used to, but you know these short course guys tend to be able to pull off the halves. Mm. 
do you think like a lot of guys who might go mm. well I think they, they would and I think you kind of saw that a little bit in Abu Dhabi this year where the money became a little bit more top heavy and I think it only I think from memory only paid 10 deep and I think that's what scares people if they know they're going all that way and they're not going to get a prize money um, so yeah if, if they pay really deep and if you go I think you know if I have a really good race I could be a sort of a, a top 10 a top tenner here yeah. but if I have an average race I could be 20th and if there's no money for say 15 through 20 then I probably go oh, I don't know so I think it's um, it's pretty exciting there's obviously some real issues there I think uh, Ed uh, Hawkins pointed out, you know, the humanitarian issues and stuff in Bahrain. Um, and the flashes. And the flashes, but I think in terms of uh, trying to lift things for the, you put that to one side and thinking, you know, how the hell are we going to lift things for, for our pros in the sport? I think this is a really good step in, in, the, in the right direction. So we're going to have Felix on the show uh, probably next week. I think we're going to do an interview with him on Friday. So we'll be able to talk a bit more about whether they have gone through the structure of that, you know, how they're going to break up that prize money and, and how they're going to make this uh, an awesome race. Certainly the pictures they sent over make it look like it's going to be pretty spectacular in terms of the, the scenery and the, and the backdrop you go through. So um, oh, I'm curious to see, like, of, of the Ironman guys, you know, like of the top 10 in Kona, because the thing is, mm. often post Kona, that's their downtime, but then there's enough time after this to have a bit of downtime and maybe sharpen up to do this race, isn't there? Well, that's, if, if I was a, you know, if, you, if you're the winner of Kona, if you're one of those guys, like say you're a Pete Jacobs or a Crowey or someone, you make so much out of endorsements, getting prize money. Still, if, you, if there's 100 grand on the line here, that's, you know, that's, that's yeah. pretty decent money in our yeah. sport. But, those guys, you know, rely so much more on on uh, endorsements. But for the guys that are say the the three through tens, you know, if, I'm thinking if I was in that that position, you'd be do your Kona, you get your good placing there, yep. go and validate somewhere like a Cozumel or a Florida or something. Would you do that if you're going to do this race? Uh, well, then I'd do this as a sort of the very end of the season, and then you basically go got your prize money from Kona, got your good points, validated for the next year, try to make some end of season bonus money, and then uh, and then you can have a nice sort of Christmas off. I just went to my lovely partner, yeah, Joe. Focus on the show, Bevan. Well, she's on. beautiful, and I was just, you know, you know, so I get attracted to her. Um, so it's exciting times. Well, yeah, it is. It's really exciting times for the for athletes out there. Uh, the thing is that the, the thing about this type of racing is, is it, you know, does like maybe one thing that will help it as well is it will really appeal to the competitor because you know like we often talk about how really and I mean have done a great job of getting more championship races out there so for those guys who do want to you know like Cam Brown could have made a lot more money in his career if he hadn't chased harder races mm. you know like he won New Zealand pretty much every year and he did one in A Germany and he had some good Konas and stuff but he always chose the hardest races mm. because he was a competitor and he wanted to test himself under the most hardest conditions and you've got to respect an athlete for that and these top level guys it's funny when you talk to them because they all think they can win yeah you know like when we go to Kona all the top level guys think they've got it this year yeah and then post race it's a totally different yeah, story yeah. oh well I had this and that yeah, and yeah. Was, uh... but, but, but they do you know I think to be a top guy you've got to have that belief you've mm. got to deep down think that you're going to win the race and so a race like this where you are going to have those top guys turning up it will appeal, appeal to that kind of athlete won't it be interesting to see the, the long term sustainability of it um, because you know I'm, I'm picking there's not that many top uh, not that many age group athletes in Bahrain so I guess you could say great this is going to start developing the sport there but they're going to need you know for this to be sustainable unless they just keep want to keep um, pumping out the the, the you know the loss a loss leader race sort of thing um, oh it's got to be a loss leader don't it doesn't yeah, it yeah you would think so well you know, maybe not for challenge because I'm thinking the prize money's probably been paid by hmm. the tourism board or something like that in Bahrain but 
it's um, you're not going to be making money as an as an overall. Hmm. But that's I guess the difference. It's a half, and I'm sure they'll make a festival out of it. So they'll yeah. have a half. They'll have you know, a sprint. They'll have teams races. Um, the numbers didn't look too bad in Abu Dhabi this year in terms of um, participants. So yeah. Could be interesting. Really interested to see how it goes. Well, I'm interested to see if they're pulling off this for a 70.3 or a half distance when they do announce their big. You well, know. I tell you what, they are, I bet what they would want, love to do is have this as the world long distance triathlon champs, the ITU, because Challenge have got a relationship with ETU yep. and they would love to have, I'm sure, the ITU stuff. So they said, right. 500,000 is going to be the world long distance championships. The problem they've got there is ITU will not be able to do it in Bahrain because I've looked at doing races in there before and they're part of the IOC and I think the, all the human rights issues there will create some uh, some some reasons why ITU would not be able to go and so put on Bahrain a race. Like, like, to be honest, I don't know much about the place. Oh, it's just Middle East, so I can't say I've been there either. But no, but like obviously it's stupidly hot. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. And December is the uh, stupidly hot time. No, I wouldn't. I thought... I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, surely they're planned around that kind of stuff. So interesting to see and, and good for the athletes out there to have some races where they can get World Cup, next soccer world, the Soccer World Cups there. And, yeah, uh, but it's very controversial, isn't it? It is. Because, yeah, not many people are happy about that. Mm. Yeah. So A lot of money over there. A lot of money over there. Okay, Ironman is proud to announce the latest addition to their growing Ironman European tour. The inaugural... Sparkies, Sparkies. Yeah, Iron Man 70.3. Now I'm a little confused here, Bevan, and we're. Uh, I, I wanted to put this in here, but I don't know, all my, I haven't done all my P's on this, but I'm confused, and we're going to ask Felix about this, because there is Challenge Kreitschkau, however you say it, um, which on the website says it's to be held the weekend after at the same venue, but I had a feeling that Iron Man bought the race, so I'm a little bit confused, so I want to get that clarified by Felix on Friday. Okay. But... If it is the case, there's two races at the same venue on consecutive weekends, that isn't a good look. Highly I'm unlikely. Not, I'm not it's highly unlikely, isn't it? What council is going to let that happen? Well, there's one in Australia that's uh, where, where Ironman have taken over Ballarat, or have set up a new race in Ballarat, and then uh, was that other one that Challenge has now taken over, and apparently they're just down the road, and they're like on, either on the same weekend or a week apart. But is it down the road as in Ashburton down the road, or is it down the road as in like Hornby down the road? That's like... For us, it's like an hour to 10 minutes. Yeah, I uh, don't know. Like, is this the same location? Imagine if it was. Imagine if you had two races, same location, back-to-back mm. next weekend. Well, it's the same city name, so <laughs> we will find out that. That's our job. That's what we do, team. Friday. We find out the answers to the questions. Okay, the other big piece of news that we got through this week and a uh, bit of an interesting one for us New Zealanders is that WTC have bought the Auckland Marathon. Mm, it's a very interesting move, but I think probably quite a good one. Yeah, like it was interesting. Like a few weeks ago, I was talking about, well, what's their business model moving forward? And marathons are, I think, a pretty good business. If you know, when you get in those big races, are probably a pretty good business to own. And I think Andrew Messick made that clear once when we talked to him that they were an events company. Yeah, uh, and, it, and you know, they do events really well, don't they? Mm. So, you know, like, and I imagine they're just taking over the management of the race. Like, yeah. So they'll have all the race directors and what stuff. Do you reckon in the they would have paid for that race? I've got no idea, but I did notice that their title sponsor is now gone. It always, for many years up to now, has been the Adidas Auckland Marathon, oh, or Adidas, if yep. you want to go that way. Yep. Now it's just, you see the signs, it's just Auckland Marathon. Uh, I've got absolutely no idea what you pay for it, but I think that that race has probably got quite a bit of scope 
to be promoted more heavily. It is a fantastic course yeah. in terms of a marathon. You start on one side you, you of... Did a cute, that's yeah, when you did a few. Yeah, yeah. and so you've got a nice rolling. You run over the Harbour Bridge, very, very scenic race, um, very cool. So it always sells out for the half um, and it does very, very well on that. The full does not sell out, and I would imagine there's massive capacity to go much, much, much bigger. So I think they think, right, we can market this as, a, as, a, as one of the world sort of marathons. So I think they've got a good shot at that. So... It'll be interesting to see if they carry on doing this and, and branch into other, other areas. Well, it definitely fits the skill set, doesn't it? Like mm. when we think about what they do to this point in time and, you know, we've, we're often exploring, well, what is the next business model other than licensing and putting on races and to expand into different kind of racing and to take over established races is probably not a bad move. Mm. And but then obviously their line of thinking is then we can promote our triathlons to the, 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 the massive marathon market that they've got there. Do, so do you think we're going to see a lot more of this? I would have I would have thought so. I just would love to know what you paid to buy the marathon. Mm. Who owned the marathon? Was it like a a club? Don't know. I think often it's incorporated societies. Like, yeah. Um, I, would, I have a feeling with the Christchurch Marathon, it would be like an incorporated society and then an events company would run it on their behalf. Yeah, interesting. Mm. No, Auckland Marathon. Go to an Ironman in Auckland Marathon. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just put a bike on and swim beforehand. Exactly. If you want to get really keen, come at two in the morning. Mm. Okay, coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman Texas. Big, uh, for, for me, the big... I reckon just, for, just wait, Swanee Noel will have some insight. He's going to come to me with an, e- an email during the week. He's okay. going to go, here's what happened. That's my prediction. And last week, his, his discussion was around uh, women in athletics actually make really good money in terms of the Kim marathon. Smith. Kim Smith. Uh, she's a Kiwi marathoner. She's she's really good. She's but, fifth in New York. Yeah, but she's not she's not winning major major marathons. And she's got like uh, hundred thousand appearance yeah, fee, making good money. Guys like Nick Willis, who's a Kiwi runner, those guys in the states are making pretty good money. And his argument was that basically what you see in running is that Adidas and Nike are big on the running thing, so they're putting big money into running. So hence the money there, whereas in Cycling sports, you don't have those big kind of brands getting behind them. And women's cycling. Yeah. Not men's. And triathlon. Uh, Righty-ho. Uh, I'm in Texas. I think, yeah, as I said, the big point for me on this one is to see how Bevan Doherty goes. I think this is getting close to make or break it. Uh, you think? I think it must be because he's had failure in Kona, uh, failure in Taupo. It's funny if I mean he's had two bad races. Yeah, but he's... I know, but this is just Ironman, isn't it? You yeah, know, like if you can't sort out your nutrition... He's got some issues. So in t- definitely in terms of this season, it's make or break because if he doesn't win this race, I don't think he's got uh, any shit show whatsoever of qualifying for Kona or if he does, and I don't think he would be chasing more and more races and then he'll be crapped by Kona anyway. Yep. So uh, on paper, you know, he's on well, on Torsten's paper, he is only ranked fourth, but he's only got one finish out of uh, three starts. Uh, Torsten has Jordan Rapp, Jordan Rapp ranked first uh, for an 8.19. Bas Dieteren, who did very, very well early in the season in Abu Dhabi. I think he finished uh, second or third there. Jens Peterson Bark, Bevan Doherty, Jeff Simons, Chris McDonald, Justin Deere, and Stephen Bay. So your main pretenders. You've also got Paul Amy, who was last year's defending champion. So I am, yeah, very intrigued to see how Bevan goes. He had a half race. What was on last week? St George, where he finished maybe somewhere sort of seventh, eighth, something like that. And I read his race report, and he said he was uh, everything's going really, really well, and he just didn't have that spark for a half distance race against those sort of top line guys who are, who are sort of the more ITU dudes but he said nutrition went really well so yeah he can be a Kona contender 
if he can sort out his nutrition, it's I think it's it. It's black or white. He's either there or he's nowhere. Yep. So I'm really interested to see how Bevan goes this weekend. On the oh, I hope he goes well. Oh yeah. You know, like Kona with Bevan is better than Kona without him. Even mm. though even he's still a bit of an unknown entity. We, you know, like he is still an unknown entity that can be in the play and, and I think you know it'd be a pity if he wasn't there mm, it would but, be. you know he's got to earn it exactly on the girls side of things we should have a very interesting battle between Eva Ruti from Austria and Julia Geiger Eva had an incredible race last year at Denmark I think it was where she absolutely obliterated the course and did some stupidly fast time and Julia Geiger is a very solid athlete as well so those two are head and shoulders above everybody else and Kelly Williamson do pretty well in Kona? Um, don't recall so. Oh, okay. Don't remember. recall. I can't remember. Okay. Mm. The name just rings a bell. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, it's a good summer. Is she? Mm. Okay. Um, we've also got Lanzagrotti coming up, Jombo. Lanzagrotti, I'm sure a lot of you poms are going over there, a lot of the pirates and, and so on. And Ronnie Schildek is racing, which uh, I'm picking. He's going to go out there and absolutely smash the living bejesus out of everybody. And that's what Torsten predicts as well. He's got Ronnie uh, expected to come in 8.49, Mikel Blanchard from Spain, 8.53, and Michael Golner in third in 8.55. You also got Bart Jammer in there. He's always uh, good for a Smashing around and Sergio Marx from um, Portugal, uh, Roman Guillaume, who was down here in New Zealand early in the year, he should be uh, smashing off the bike, and it's always a bit up and down what he can do on the run. And I think those will be your main protagonists on the girls' side of things. Lucy Gossage, big oh, nice. show. She's ranked number one on Torsen's rankings. Expected to come in with a three-minute victory in eight thirty-eight. Uh, Sonia. Tasek and uh, third and she's just a machine runner Natasha Badman's predicted for third she is still cranking it but I think um, as we had in Texas where I'm very excited to see how Bevan goes I think for me on the girls side of things very interested to see how Corrine Abraham goes because last year she obliterated the field in Melbourne and one of the most impressive races I've ever seen from someone who was essentially a no-name before that and since then we've seen next to nothing I know she's had some injury issues but uh, she was you know Chrissy like the way that she crushed that field so I am intrigued to see how she goes and if she gets back to full fitness Good times. It's Green Junction It's our final race coming up this weekend And we don't really know much about it other than it's on it's on. It is like Donkey Kong. Jumbo. The one other thing that I would say about Lanzarote, uh, I think it was a Phil and was saying to me, he thinks Magnus Backstead is racing, who is the ex-Tour de France cyclist turned commentator. I've listened to a few of his commentaries on some of the classics this uh, so far this season, and he does a great job with his commentary, and I'll be and very knowledgeable. I'll be interested to see how he goes at Ironman. He was talking up a big game. And one other thing, I watched a couple of clips of the Giro d'Italia last night. They had the three-hour package, and I was like, I don't want to watch three hours of cycling. So I was fast-forwarding right towards the end and just watched the, the sprint finish. It was the, the Giro d'Italia in Ireland. How's that work? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and it <laughs> felt so sorry for the organisers. And these amazing courses that set out and all went along the beautiful Irish coastline. Yep. Just pissed down with rain the whole time. <sighs> but the commentator is gold. I don't know if everybody else around the world gets He's a British guy. He was absolutely Did, did brilliant. you get his name? No, no. Uh. But uh, I'll, I'm, I'll, Why was I'm, he gold? He just came out. He got so excited in the finishing sprint. And then he pulled out this awesome call at the end. 
Uh, he's opened up the taps and he's poured himself a big glass of success. <laughs> Gold. Oh, he was a brilliant commentator. Got so, I just, he was just about to fall off his bloody chair, I think, the way he got excited. So Jero Detali is underway, which is always cool. Okay, last piece of news, guys, that we've actually finished selling the books now. So the big hand went up to me, we've finished the books. I've, I've put the hand up, I've just stopped put, now. Put the fend in. So basically, once I do the show notes today, I'm going to take down all the links to buy the book so you can no longer go to our website and buy the book. Uh, but what you can do is if you've bought the book, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, while I'm doing the kind of the website and stuff today, I'm going to download everyone's name who bought the book and then I'm going to put a PDF file on the www.im talk show notes for this week. You can download that. So you just click on a link and they'll download that PDF to your own um, to your, your computer, you'll see what your number is going to be. So you'll have your name and your number. And basically, if you bought more books, you'll have those numbers that you bought. So some people bought more than one. Um, and then, so then next week, we're going to do the draw. Mm-hmm. So you can download the PDF. So if you've bought one of the books, we sold about 450 in the end, which is great. And it's been a real success for us. It's going to help us get to Kona and do a great job over there, which is great. We really appreciate everyone's support. But ultimately, you're in the draw to win the, the big prize. So I'll put this. I'll put the link on this week's show notes. Show notes. Then you can download the PDF, which will have everyone's name and everyone's number. So what number they will be within the draw. And then next week we're going to do the draw. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a random.org. So we're going to go to random.org, put in the number of books we've sold, push a number, push you know go. I still think we should do the, the breaking it down thing. No, the only problem with doing no, it I've, that way, you break it into quarters each time you do it. What do you mean? We'll say you've got four hundred and fifty. So that's. Uh, 225, about 112 or whatever in each quarter and you go, right, first draw is one to four and you break it into quarters and then you, you I've got a system, don't worry. But anyway, we're going to come up with the winner. The problem is that I see the way we're doing it. We could still release it that way, but I think random.org is the way to do it because if we do it that you're one number first. I've got it sorted, don't worry. I've got it sorted. We'll be doing random.org. <laughs> we, we will be using random.org but it'll all be fair and square but we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll be And we'll film it as well. It we'll film it as well while we're doing it so it's I very... I wish I'd got people's phone numbers. Oh, so you could have rang them. We could have rang them on the show. Yeah. Done it, but I didn't, so it's too late. That would have been pretty cool. Mm. Oh, what are we getting now? Send us your numbers. Put your number on Facebook. Well, if, if it's, I will see if we can find the number. No, it's highly unlikely, isn't it? PayPal doesn't take your phone numbers. No, but uh, if, it's, if it's a Kiwi or something like that, we'll, if we can do it, we'll do it. Yeah, if we can, we can. It's highly unlikely, but if we can, we can. Um... But anyway, so next week, make sure you listen to the show because if you want to win this prize and you've put your... Ooh, okay, let's get through the door. If you want to win the prize and you've, you've bought one of the books, first of all, thank you very much. And we still have a few nicknames to go. So the nicknames are just going to continue on over the next kind of month or so until they're all done. But it's we're probably going to have... And we won't post it on Facebook or anything so people can wait till they listen to the show. Yeah, exactly. We'll probably what we'll do is... And we won't Give contact the person for a couple of days. Mm. So we'll hopefully you can listen and find it on the show that if you've won or not. So mm. next week is when the winner of the book is going to be released. Okay, Jombo, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Now yes. they have uh, Execute. And that uh, some people might just think Execute is just a, a protein shake. But it's not. Why is it different, John? Well, we, the protein is not just protein. We maintain fuel into your customers and they feel the surge 150 milligram, no, 1,500 milligrams of lactate and extreme endurance execute will add the boost and then they're off and running literally. We also use a proprietary filtration process which produces a protein that is easily digested and is the most bioavailable form. Stop by one 
of our events and give it a try. I've got to find out from Extreme Endurance which events they're at. So it's got amino acids, it's got 15 milligrams of lactate, it's got 4,255 grams of BCAAs um, and all the other goodness you need. Got it, It's got some vitamin B6, B12, it's gluten-free, always nice. Yes. Uh, so... And it's now in a 30-serve pouch. It used to come in a relatively small container. Um, now it's in a pouch, so a little bit lighter for shipping and stuff, I guess, and just a little bit bigger. And it is a great chocolate taste. I had an explosion on... <laughs> Wait a second, back <laughs> not, not the Jeff... I know it was Mother's Day. No, I had an explosion on Sunday in training. And first thing I did, I pulled up outside the house and Blinda was actually by the door. She said, did you get lost? And, you know, it's like when you're 15 minutes late. And I yeah. Said, no, and then she just started laughing at me because I was looking rather bedraggled. What happened? Did you try to do the and eat no food strategy? Yeah, a bit of that going on. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out it doesn't work all this one. Yeah. It was, a, it was a little bit intense for, for, for going low on the food front. How long did you go for uh, four hours, but had um, two hours at just above Ironman effort, and then forty-five minutes, uh, or almost sixty minutes at above half Ironman effort, and yeah, there was. Uh, Who'd you go with? Pretty big explosion. The Philinator and Tim Valentine and Ben I Phillips. Don't know, I don't know Tim Valentine. No, he's uh, he's going over to Ken's, and so is Ben Phillips. Boys are going to spank it up. Is Ben the guy we met up on the hill that day? I think I met Ben going for a run with Porno. Quite a fast yeah. runner. Uh, that's Mike. Might be Mike, his brother. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Ben's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. This guy was flying down the hill when I was riding with Porno one day. Yeah, and uh, and he listened to the show, but I couldn't remember his name. No, I don't think Ben does. Uh, right, in that case, he's a slow runner. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 going good. Uh, and my point was, I came back bedraggled and went straight upstairs, got my fancy blender out, banana milk, extreme endurance execute, and I was right as rain. Straight out the door after that, off for Mother's Day stuff. What did you do for Mother's Day? We went long. What do you mean? Diamond earrings. Oh, whoa. Um, Paying pay it forward, Bevan. Paying it forward. Oh, what is this? Because you want Lacona? For the for the, this year, I'm away quite a lot. So, wow, diamond earrings. That's, mm. whoa, that's, that's, you've just blown my mind away. Blind, you're officially blown. Because your mind. there's no way I'd ever thought, even if you'd said, I've gone all out, I would have thought, well, probably a toothpick, you know? But actually, like, diamond earrings. Yeah, it was big time. <sighs> Well, yeah, well, you're kind of... I'm still a little pale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, you don't even... That's from the kids. Yeah, well, just paying it forward for this year. I'm away quite a lot. Oh, and we're going away next week for a couple of weeks, and then I'll be going to Canada, and I think I'm away for nearly three uh, nearly three weeks. Although she's coming to Kona. And then, and then I'm away in Kona for a good week and a half before she gets there, so... Jeez, who does the parenting? Mm. You know, do the kids know who you are? They don't. You know, who's this random guy who's at home tonight? Yeah. So check it out, xendurance.com. Get yourself some execute and use the promo code IMTALK5 and Kiwis and Aussies, you can get it through me. Hey, Jombo, my book's coming out. and uh, So excited, I just can't hide it. You know what, I'll do a signed edition for you. Yeah. 18th of August, I think, is the official date. Okay. Penciled in. So that hasn't been confirmed, but I think it's penciled in for 18th of I'm August. Pretty sure that's the day that I fly out to the Epic Camp. Uh, well, you have to get it. What calls it? The, the airport. Canada starts. Yeah. Let me have a look. Have a look. Most positive it is 18th. I think it's perfect. You'll go to the airport and you guess, what, guess what's going to be on the cover? Picture of me. <laughs> no, picture of me. And so, um, so last week, basically, I'm in talks with my editor talking about what's 15th, going to be. 18th camp starts. But you're leaving beforehand. Yeah, well, you can give me a few uh, advanced copies. We can buy it for your... You can um, sponsor the um, the camp, and I can give everybody on the camp a copy of the book. I don't think we'll be doing that. 
So Macca does. I mean, we turned up in, in Kona. He had a lot of books, like didn't he? Five bloody books million books. Yes. Yeah. All the media people. Yeah, he definitely I'm media. You give it to me. I'll spread the word. Okay. 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 Yeah. How much are you going to spread my word? Yeah. I'll get it to the camp athletes, you know, Marky P and... Uh, yep, they'll love it. Marky P gets a mention in the Gary, book. Gary Fagan. Fagan doesn't. Yeah. Curly Freight Train does get a mention. I even call him the Curly Freight Train in the book. Nice. Yeah. And I say it because when he when he starts going, you jump on board and you ride that train. Exactly. Oh, it's so go. Um, I think I mentioned your name at least five times in the book. Great. Oh, yeah. It's, Great. It's all go. Anyway, um, so we're kind of what's going to be the name of the book was the question that I came up with. And uh, John, do you want to go through some of these? Uh, your Mind's a Legend from Jesse Watt. Nice. Gary Fegan gave me a hard time. Something complex so Bevan can't even pronounce it himself. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the love? Uh Crazy Fit by Tryman Jack. Nice. Um, good old Ed Hawkins got Bevan's Behaviour Bible. Matthew Jackman, Minding Fitness. We've got um, Daniel Davis, You Think You're Fit. Joe Walensky, Becoming Mully, The Keys You Need to Grow an Amazing Mullet. No, I only really had the mullet for like six months of my life. Oh, and it's, 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 it's never forgotten, is it? Um, Tanya Sharp. I should just call it that. Train the brain for pain. That's a good one, actually. Adrian O'Brien, Mind Over Matter, Train and Believe. Nice. We've got Glenn Mitnett. Uh, the Odalus Brain Fart. Vicky, <laughs> Vicky Jones, Iron Mind. And then we've got John Ballard, um, Born to Move or Mind Over Matter, if you don't think Chris McDougall uh, will sue you for that one. Rod Swain, whatever you call it. Bevan, I bet you mispronounced it on the podcast. Maybe call it the the, the best version of myself. Yeah, although I use that a lot on my show. Yeah. Um, and Vicky Jones, Iron Mind. John, what should already, I call my book? Already said that, but that's okay. Because oh, I love her name so much. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't really have any thoughts on this. Uh, uh, I thought you have been thinking about it all week for yeah. me. Um, what's a good one off here? Bevan's Behaviour Bible. There okay. you go. Oh, I like the Bible. Yeah, yeah that was Ed Hawkins. Um, so what is the name of the title of the book? Well, we're penciled in the fitness attitude. Right. So Great. I'm pretty, then, pretty excited And we're working on a subtitle right now. Yeah. Had it edited, had to reread it last week. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Well, it was interesting reading your book. And then, uh, yeah, so it's all go. So 18th of August, same, and I'll let you guys know so you can all go out and buy 10 copies for your family for Christmas. Cool. And then uh, you will be able to get it on the internet. So for those people overseas, you can be able to get it you know, on the Amazon yep. and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll, we'll be out there. So I'll let you know more about it closer to the time. This week's discussion, Jombo. Jombo's got a question here and it's got, if you were at best case a 5th to 15th, and now we're thinking pro athletes. Yep. Okay, so you're a pro athlete. You know, you've Tony's just really got to the next level this year. Mm-hmm. And you could qualify to get to Kona, but you, you know, even if you just had your best day ever, fifth was the best you could do, but you realistically you're going to sit somewhere between fifth to 15th. Mm-hmm. Would you go to Kona? Exactly. So I'm thinking those. So you're thinking that the chance of not getting in the top ten is is real. You got, you got, you got, yeah. There's some athletes out there. You go. There's no way you're going to win Kona. You're a really solid athlete, but you're probably fifth. Fifth is about as good as you can do. Would, if you're in that position, would you go to Kona and get so so fifth to tenth, or would you be think you'd be better off going to go and do Lake Tahoe, where you might go and win it, or you might go to? But that's a funny one, John, because last year when we go when we look at last year's race. You would never put McKenzie in second. No. And you're always, McKenzie was one of these guys, wasn't he? Yeah, you, you yep, McKenzie, totally. best, best, you know, top 10. Top 10. 10 top 10, day. you know, even fifth was probably pushing it, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, if he can get it kind of seventh, eighth, 
19th, you know, McKenzie, that'd be a great race for him. And he'd turn up every year and he'd always blow. And you kind of, in some ways, you kind of go, well, mm. yeah. And then last year, guy's a legend. Gets well, second. That's why I'm putting the question out there. Oh, what do you do? If you, if you think in the heart of hearts, fifth is probably as good as you can get, what would you do? Okay. Versus, say, going off and winning. I think, I think fifth's too low. I think if you think you can get fifth, you go. I think you've got to say seven. I'll save that thought for next week. No, but I think the question, I think everyone's going to say yes for fifth. Whereas if I say, if you say eighth to tenth, that's a different piece. Okay, change it to eighth to tenth then. Yeah, but I'm right, aren't I? Because if you're a fifth athlete, if you think you can get fifth, yeah, you're going to go. If you think if you think it's going to be a struggle, even at your best you're going to get eighth, mm. Mm, it's a different story. So I'm changing. I've just vetoed you. Okay, it's fine. Go with roll that. You're very open-minded nowadays, John. I like that about you. I am. You. You've changed. You've changed. Okay, here's some music. Age Gripper of the Week. Nice work, Jumbo. Good. That was a good one. I just felt we kind of nailed that one. Yeah. Okay, so we've got an email through from good old Richard Thompson. He goes, I want to nominate the Age Gripper of the Week. His name is Scotty Farrell. And in his well, only... Is Farrell or Farrell? Either or. F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Farrell? Farrell. Could be. Scotty! Scotty! Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was only his second Ironman. He, ra- he raced Taupo and came 16th overall. Won his age group and is now off to Kona. And I believe that guy was, who was the one who roared past you in the dying stages of the run. If you need any photo evidence, you can even email him. So John then went and had a look. Yeah, so uh, Scotty Farrell, he finished 16th overall, swam 53 minutes, uh, biked 5.09 and ran a, a very solid 3.06 for a 9.15.01. And he must have, I don't remember him passing me, but I was... Uh, Who'd you get overall? I was 20th, 20th overall, so I was, he, he only beat me by 40 seconds, so I'm not quite sure where he passed me. What? There's two guys that passed me. They must have passed you in the run at some stage because yeah, yeah, because I had a fast, a little bit faster on the bike and a little bit faster on the swim. So bloody impressive performance and only his second Ironman overall, seventeenth overall. Unfortunately, he was second in his age group. No, he wasn't. He was first in his age group. Sorry. Uh, so impressive. Well, and he was only oh twenty seconds behind being first age grouper overall. Oh really? Oh, I had to rip your jocks, and he's but like me, he was running down the guy. The guy that uh, was fastest age grouper overall was a guy called Justin Kerr, who was in my age group, and he rode a four forty five, and he ran a three thirteen versus Scotty was coming up on him, uh, running a three oh six nine fifteen oh one on Taupo on what seemed to be not the fastest day is pretty impressive. Actually, Bevan McKinnon, I tell a lie, Bevan McKinnon was yeah, the fastest he, he did age like grouper. Nine, nine hours, didn't he? So Scotty put in a solid race. There's also an article about him on trizone.com.au. He's a really good bloke and a really good storyteller, so I think he'd be a perfect segment for your show. So there you go. There you go. And he's part Aussie, part Kiwi. He was uh, got, a, got into triathlon five years ago through one of his best mates. So I was born in Brisbane, but raised in New Zealand until 20 and then moved over here 13 years ago. So hopefully he's off to Kona. And in his article, he wanted to thank his wife, and his, who is his number one fan, Nikki. And without her, the support would not be possible. Uh, his coach, Stephen Gage, for his insight and direction. And his training mates here on the coast, the team, uh, the B team, who pushed me to my limits every session. And his sponsors, Custom Bike Fit, Infinite Nutrition Australia, and LA Sport. John, who's saying, yeah, that on the day of the race, you only got four and a half hours sleep because basically... 
Um, he only got a couple of hours sleep due to the wind. Oh, that wind was pretty insane. And he said he was pretty scared. Yeah. No, well, not scared, but, you know, it was pretty bit of yeah, a concern. I think most people woke up that night. It was, um, it it was, was a pretty full, full on, on was it? wind. It was fine by the time we got down there. and it was. Were you uh, thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be a long day? No, it was forecast, but I didn't, I didn't really say it was forecast to be that strong. But, yeah, shit, it was pretty, pretty full on. So good stuff, Scotty. Solid race to the office. Unfortunately, the tables will be turned in Kona, but you've had your have you have you had your time in the sun and uh, tables turned because you're going to smash them. You're going to smashing all these people in Kona. Basically, everyone who's ever kind of you know kind of talked the game against John or raced against him, you're going down. You're going to have to lift your game by about 15 minutes to beat me in Kona, Scotty. Look at so this. I love this. Go. You're not you're not your shy at all, are you? Although well, you weren't shy going into I mean, New Zealand didn't turn out that well. Yeah, there's a few complicating factors there. <laughs> oh, here we go. Now I hear the excuses. Well, it's not an excuse. I was a, a knucklehead on the bike and went for it. Oh, and yeah, but that's, that's, that's not, uh, Yeah, I won't be doing that in Kona. I'll be going a lot faster in Kona, trust me. Okay, well, there you go. So there you go, team. If you really want to smash it out for Newsom, get to Kona. That's right. I reckon you probably sold, like, Kona will sell out this year because of you. You think? Yeah, <laughs> normally it struggles. Yeah. <laughs> but this year... Newsom's turning up, it's going to sell out. There you go. Scotty, the storyteller, Farrell or Farrell, you are our Age Group of the Week. I love your work, John. Sponsor. We're doing competition, Jumbo. Bevan, and you're going to be included in this because oh, you I? came up with it, so I you're going to really, do it. I saw you put this on Facebook and I was like, did I come up with this? When did I say this? Last week. Did I? Yeah. So, so what you did said, I say? Oh, we should have this competition on Trainer Road and get everybody to, to, to go on there and do a session and, yeah. uh, and we'll all compete against that. Yeah. So it's happened. Okay, when's it happening? John, well, I have to come into your place to do it. You will, yeah. Okay. I'll, trust me, I've got it all sorted. So uh, basically, oh, the guys at Trainer Road, had, no, you won't, because you'll be good at this stuff. So Jonathan has set up a session. Uh, you need to get on trainerroad.com, you need to sign up for it, and then you join our I Am Talk group. When you go in there, there's a number of workouts that I've been putting up there. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. And then Jonathan's put a new one up there, and it's basically the competition is who can hold 125% of their FTP for the longest? I don't know what my FTP is. Yeah, well, I've got a little, I'll get you, as part of your warm-up, I'll get you to do a ramp test and we'll just estimate a number. Oh, so as part of my warm-up, I have to do a test to figure out my FTP. You came up with it, you got to suffer. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really even playing field. So 125% of your FTP, how long will you be able to hold that for? Uh, anywhere between probably... When are we going to do this? Um, hopefully we'll have time to do it before I go away but that's might be pushing it that's next Thursday I'm probably going to be doing mine today I was going to be doing a 40k time trial today but I've got a bit of a shitty day so it's not looking likely so I'm probably going to do mine today how long I'm, I'm thinking I might be able to hold 125 is that pr it's pretty, that's pretty, pretty tough. hard like if I get to 4 minutes I'll be Pretty, pretty pretty stoked. So I've been doing some reps at 130% of FTP and I can do a number of reps, two-minute reps, so I think I'll probably get maybe four minutes or something like that. You know, John, um, I haven't ridden a bike. You do spin casts all the time. Oh, that's and a bit different that, to this. That's exactly what this is all about. No, it's basically spin short, is 30 seconds. smashing it. You, you, but no, not, not, not making up excuses here, but I haven't ridden a bike in about five years. Oh, well. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, like, something that was such a pivotal part of my life for such a long time. And, uh, and you know, like, occasionally I'll go for a ride with Porno, and I've done a couple of races where I did, like, three weeks training for it, but actually, like, proper riding, it's been... I gave a pie man in 2008. I will, I will give you the choice. You can either do it before I go to Kona, which is next Thursday, or you can put on a few weeks of training and you can do it after, when I come back. So, and so wait, well, well, I, I need so to do over two sessions, but because I, I can't do FTP and then do the thing. I'm not, I don't think I'll get you to do an FTP test. I'll just get you to do a ramp test, so you're just sort of going up one minute, and then we'll just... Based on FTP off that, because uh, to do a 20 minute FTP when you haven't been doing any riding, 
it's going to be pretty ugly. Yeah, that would be very ugly. And not very enjoyable. I'm up for the challenge, mate. Bring it on. So, you guys are going down. I'm like John and Kona. I'm going to win this. Don't even bother turning up. You will be better at doing this sort of stuff than me. Uh, so I, th- I think you under, uh, under overestimate my ability right now, but, but that's, that's okay. That's all based on what your FTP is, so it doesn't, yeah. yeah anyway, true. Yeah, true. so it's a cool little challenge we can have. So as I said, what you, you sign up for Trainer Road, it's uh, 10 bucks a month to do Trainer Road stuff. You can stay on as long or as little as you like. It's got a massive amount of uh, workouts in there. A few Kiwis and Aussies are going into winter, and you're thinking, I really want to have a bike focus, and the weather's pretty shitty. You know, I would really encourage you to get on there and maybe get on like their 40K time trial plan and that'll give you um, three, four or five workouts per week, however many you want to do on the trainer. Typically for guys that I coach, I say right, you know, during the week, do two solid sessions then hopefully you get outside at the weekends um, and you can do two intense sessions maybe on a Tuesday, Friday, something like that and you can use Trainer Road and it's got all the sessions preloaded in there and you'll see your FTP uh, start to go upwards. So... Yeah, it should be. Is there going to be a prize? It should be a prize. I'll come up with something. Actually, I've got something. You get one of the free books. <laughs> yeah, you get a free book. And I had them sent to me the other day. Uh, I'll come I'll come up with a prize pack. But a guy emailed us and he does the little placard things that go on your bike oh, seat yeah, for yeah, the numbers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's made a couple of IM Talk ones. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So we'll, we'll come up with some stuff and train them out. Road might throw something in. We'll, uh, we'll end up with a little prize pack to go to whoever holds the most. And it's all going to be a bit, you know, if you set your FTP a bit lower than what it actually is, or if you're... You're only cheating yourself, you're team. You're cheating yourself. You're so, only cheating yourself. Um, yeah, get out there and give it a go with trainerroad.com. And the other thing is the Tour of California is on at the moment. and They're doing their own tour, aren't they? They're doing their little tour on Trainer Road, and it looks pretty funky. I, the great thing about this is, like, what I love about Trainer Road is that if you are lacking a bit of motivation and you want something that's going to give you a bit of a spark in your training. And let's be honest, if you've been someone, when you, like I always think when you're new to the sport, you don't lack motivation because it's just so exciting. But if you've been someone who's been around the block for a while, you mm. have those kind of plateau times where it's all just a bit tough. And something like Train a Road where, you, can, you know, I'm going to do a tour of California. What a cool thing to do. And it's mm. really going to help you find your mojo. So get on a team, trainerroad.com. And remember, it's only 10 bucks a month. 10 bucks a month. It my mind. It's so cheap. Your mind's been blown twice today. Well, it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, it's like, an expensive cup of coffee. No, like once a week. Oh, right, yep, yep. You know, if you went to the coffee shop, cup of tea. My favourite place for tea is C1. Mm-hmm. Love it. And they do give me a big cup, which mm-hmm. I'm happy with, but still $4.50. You're not happy about that, are you? Well, that's okay. Two trainer roads. There you go. There you go. So I'm just saying. Trainer road, guys, get on it. John Boy, we've got an interview coming up. We have Gina Kerr is coming your way. Okay, here's Gina Kerr. Okay, this week's, on this week's show, we have one of the guys, girls, not guys, guys and girls from Endurance Corner, um, Gina Kerr, multiple top 10 finisher in Kona, and somebody a lot of you guys won't know too much about, so we'll maybe talk to Gina a bit about her background first, and then we're going to talk a few ideas on swimming, so welcome along to the show, Gina. Thank you very much, excited to be here. Cool. Um, now, I, I know of you mainly because of your, um, you know, some stellar performances in Kona, but that, that was a few years ago now in terms of some of those, uh, you know, some of those top tens. Can you fill us in a bit on your background um, and your sort of athletic career and where you've come from and where, what, where you're up to now? Sure. So, you know, I come from a swimming background. I swam in college, and I'm going to date myself here. My last NC2As was... 1991, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't even get me going on. I'm dying about that. But anyways, 
Um, and then basically took a three-year hiatus, got into the sport of triathlon on a recommendation and, you know, joined a local tri club and just saw progress quickly and then became, so I started in like 94 and became a pro in 98. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, during my career I did the short course racing and was, um, you know, went for the whole Olympic trials. So I was able to go to trials in 2000 and do draft legal as that was starting to emerge, which was really fun. Um, but at the same time, I was uh, very intrigued with Ironman and found that I had a kind of a natural for more longer distance. So my first Ironman ever was actually in Kona in um, 1999. And uh, I basically just kept going to Kona and then ventured in a couple other races, other Ironman races I did what was Ironman Europe, but now it's the Quayle mm-hmm. Challenge. Mm-hmm. And then I did like Lake Placid and I've done Coeur d'Alene and anyways, but finished my career of racing as a professional in 2009 in November. And I have been coaching mm. ever since. So, um, you know, it was a, I had a great career. I was, like I said, or you guys said, I, my highest placing in Kona was fourth, but I've been top 10 there um, several times and my first year was like 35th trying to figure it out but then after that I never placed lower than 11th so I was between like 11th and 4th for most of my time 11th is not a good place to be in Kona no I know and I'll tell you one of my favorites is like I'll never forget I'm running on the highway and my husband's like you're at 11th and I'm like shut up no I'm not I'm 10th like (laughs) as I finish he's like Gina I'm all out of the money (laughs) <laughs> and um, am I right you've got kids as well I do I have uh, an almost nine eight-year-old daughter mm-hmm. and then I have a six-year-old son so we're you know doing we my son just started kinder this year my daughter's in third grade so I'm like all in with yeah. the parenting thing how did you I guess this is a little bit of a side topic but um probably more you know appropriate for our audience is, is how how are you coping um with having the kids and still obviously racing professionally Well actually no I'm not so that's the thing I haven't raced since 2010 hmm. So and that was one of my you know I I got to a point in my life between so I raced 2 years with so I had yeah. my daughter in um so what, she was 2005, right? So mm-hmm. I came back. I took uh, a year off. Obviously, I was pregnant, but I also was severely injured the year before. So I actually ended up taking a two-year break between 2003 and 2005 and then came back and raced with her. And uh, that was 15 months later. And I, that was the year I was actually um, fourth. Mm. Uh, well, that was 2006. I'm sorry. She was born in five. And then I was all fired up, all in, like I had my best sponsors ever. And anyways, I got pregnant again. And <laughs> <laughs> so that like really threw me uh, through a loop. So anyways, I took seven off. Um, and then I came back in eight, which Blayson was um, eight months old yeah. when I came back. And that was, I mean, that was great. I it was very fun. and um, But wow, it was challenging, not just with the baby, but my body. I learned that eight months is not, is too little. I think it's too, too quick to come back. Um, 15 months I think is perfect. But, uh, so then I did the balance thing for a couple of years and, um, you know, I loved it. It was great, but it was just, I was getting older, you know, I was 40 my last year and it wasn't so much the training as much as it was, I was just tired and I was uh, needing more gym. I needed more chiropractic, more massages and just running around 
dragging the kids places. My husband's a fireman. You know, it, it's just, I was like a single parent. So it just got to the point where I was like, I'm not enjoying as much. So I knew that I had to sort of start making a decision on where I wanted to put my energy in triathlon. Very good. And one of those areas is um, is obviously in your in terms of your swim coaching. And I, I saw an article that you did on um, Endurance Corner the other day about uh, a case for masters swimming. So do you want to maybe run us through maybe what you wrote in that article? Obviously, people can read it on endurancecorner.com. Um, but just run us through sort of your, your thoughts on masters swimming because you run a pretty successful program by the sound of it. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think the, one of the things that people are afraid of with master swimming is they think that because they don't come from a swimming background, they can't join the likes of that. And um, that's complete opposite. Actually, I would probably say the majority of people who swim masters really um, either haven't swam in years and years and years and years and years, or they just found that they liked swimming and they wanted more of a group environment. And for triathletes specifically, I think that because so many don't come from a swimming background, they just would rather go to a pool and just swim laps. But then they're continually asking, why am I not getting faster? And, you know, one of the reasons is because they don't vary their workouts. And so uh, I believe master swimming will absolutely um, help them in that in, by the fact that you have a coach on deck. So that always tends to make people swim a little bit harder. Um, and you have a group environment. Um, and then you obviously have, I would think, a more structured workout. I mean, if you're not working with a coach who's designing you workouts to help you fluctuate it, um, it's really hard to just go to a pool and just swim and stay motivated. So a master's <coughs> program, I think, can really help um, from those components. I know for myself, because I was into swimming, like I'd never swam in my life coming into the sport. And um, it, it was also the the... the kind of the interest side of the movement like I found swimming just by itself was just such a boring movement to do <laughs> and, and, I, and I think if you've swam as a kid you've learned the skill of that and you've learned how to entertain the mind and the rest of it whereas I never got that even you know after swimming for six seven years doing Ironman I would do that because it was a necessary evil but it was never enjoyable and it was always a bit of a struggle and to be honest my quality of training was always pretty poor in the solo sessions whereas when it came to the master squads you know, it was interesting. You guys, you, you know, there's a kind of sense of community. It was all those kind of things that actually made swimming enjoyable for me, which is a big factor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we all know if you're having fun, you're going to perform better. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, I have this little eight-year-old who she's swimming and she's just like, Mom, I don't know how you like it so much. You just go back and forth. <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> so I do agree with you. I think you learn it as a child. But, um, you know, I mean, me – I, I love writing very creative and fun workouts that keep keep you going. I mean, even in my, my bike sessions and my run sessions with my athletes, I mean, you rarely are going to have you just go out and go, like, boring straight. I mean, I always add pickups or some sort of cadence work, you know, something to keep it. So uh, with the swimming, it, it's, you know, 100%. I mean, it, it really can be fun and get motivating when everyone's, you know, duking it out side to side for sure. I saw, I'm not sure if it was in that article or another one you did um, about the importance of trying to learn how to use the clock, which I'm a big believer in and some people oh don't, don't quite get it. And, and I come from a swimming background, not particularly high, but you know I do everything off the clock. Um, mm -hmm. Have you got any tips for people on, if they, if they don't really understand what I'm talking about, swimming off the clock, just some introductory ideas on how they can do that and maybe you've got some tips for them? Well, I think the, like you said, the biggest thing is understanding what that means. And what's funny is, you know, we're all adults. And so you'll talk to someone and like, oh, yeah, I know how to read a clock. I'm all, okay, great. 
we're going to go ahead and do five 100s. We're going to do them on 110. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And so they start doing it and I stand over their lane and they come in and, you know, they're coming in on the eight. I'm okay, ready, go. And they're like, what? Well, what do you mean? I sit and I'm like, you know, no, no, not 10 seconds rest. You got to do them on a certain interval. And so what's, you know, trying to educate someone on that is, is challenging. And so I, I think when you're on your own, um, it's harder unless you understand that concept of doing it on an actual interval so that you know to follow the clock and beat it versus coming in and doing it uh, with 10 seconds rest. Mm. And so that in itself, I think, is just challenging trying to teach people. I mean, I was coaching the Stanford team this morning. And, you know, we, the thing, you know, we have a, a tri team, so, um, we have their workout. So it's a lot of just triathletes, as you can imagine, versus when I do masters, I have a variety, right? Mm. And so I noticed when you get a bunch of triathletes together, you know, people just literally don't know how to read the clock or they just refuse to, because part of it is they don't want to go down a lane. They realize they actually have to swim a little slower yeah. or that they swim slower than they think. And so if you don't get that concept, I just, they don't ever see the difference in doing it on an interval versus taking the rest. It's just everybody swimming back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm. Mm. Um, it's, um, so I don't, I don't know if I need to help you as far as giving them tips to do it other than, you know, take like three, do three fifties, choose your interval and then actually do it to see the difference instead of going assuming you're going to try to do a whole entire workout because it is a learned way to swim yeah we'll do we'll do a a good segment on this at some stage because it's um it's uh yeah i just find it so much more interesting if i go to the pool and i'm going off a set time and yeah just it's a good skill to have another one of the things that justin um suggested talking to you about in, in another area that i um always enjoy doing is trying to make um some race specific workouts and when we've heard interviews with people who have been coached by Brett Sutton and stuff you know people find it weird that uh coaches just tell people to get in the water and just go you know either have no warm-up or very little warm-up because that's what it's like in a race so Justin thought you might have a few ideas around um creating some race specific workouts yeah, I mean, I have a couple, especially for Ironman, that you know I will do, um, and it really starts without trying to go out hard on a, you know, if we were using a base interval, I would definitely have them going under base, but trying to swim as, you know, as fast as they can with the least amount of uh, energy, right? But there's other things you can do too. So I know for myself, when I did it, I had a woman who was a lot faster than me in the pool, but I could draft like no one else. And um, her and I did 10 500s, and I drafted her, and we did it simulating exactly the race, meaning how fast I would go out, where I would settle in, and how we pick up towards the end. So creating sets like that, I definitely think are to your benefit. And exactly like you said, I mean, with no warm-up or very little, you know, you're somewhere getting between, um, you know, maybe 10 minutes, but with that said, you know, some of my athletes, I'll have them actually, I mean, I run before my races, even if it's before an Ironman. And so I would have my athlete run before the workout, go do a small warm up, and then get into the set mm. at written where you're starting out faster, settling in and then picking up the pace towards the end. Mm. And you can vary that in so many different ways. I mean, with 50s or 100s or going the longer distance. You know, for that kind of average Ironman athlete who has kind of life, you know, job, family, and all the rest of it. 
how often should they be swimming and how hard should they be swimming? You know, what should be their objectives? And let's just say they don't have a, a you know, they weren't a swim kid or, or they don't have a massive swim background, but they, they can swim. Right. So I work with a lot of people who exactly to that. I mean, they have a lot of high-end jobs. They have a family. And I have, I prescribe to all my athletes minimum four days a week. Okay. Um, and with the four days a week, there's always um, one that's more of the super key session, which, and it depends on where we are, obviously, uh, within the block or within the prep for the race, as far as distance goes. Um, and then I always have an aerobic, and then we'll have a moderate. But then, you know, I'll have between one and two sessions, depending on how that I write the week, that are just going and swimming focusing on stroke, you know, just getting the extra distance in. Um, sometimes it might be right after a run or right after a ride. And I typically will always schedule Saturday and Sunday on the way home from something. Now, does everybody do it? No. But I, <laughs> I, if I prescribe four, I've got a pretty solid three coming. So then you'll see me starting to prescribe five because, that you know, no one likes to see the big red blocks all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a, it's a big difference. And I know, I think people don't want to invest the time because the problem is, is they feel they're not actually going to drop a ton of time Mm -hmm. versus obviously on the bike and the run, you know, you're thinking, well, gosh, if I do this, I'm dropping, you know, minutes and minutes. But what I don't think people realize, and this is even some of my swimmer friends, um, is that the better you can get your fitness swimming, it actually crosses over big time in the bike and the run as far as the fatigue later in the race. You'll, and I've had a couple athletes who actually have followed the amount of swimming I have them do and, and have actually said, wow, Gina, I really never thought that. Mm. Um, so I think that that's something that people don't really think about. Mm. Cool. Now, um, we often get questions into the show about uh, gear and what have you and uh, in terms of different bits of equipment, whether you should use a snorkel, whether you should use Big paddles, small paddles, whether you should do kick with a kickboard, without a kickboard. What's your sort of philosophy in terms of um, equipment and how do you sort of integrate it into programs? Uh, I'm a big, I love gear. I think um, the, you know, as long as you don't use it as a uh, crutch, (laughs) it can really um, be very beneficial. And again, it also has to do with really being in touch with what you're doing and each workout having a purpose. I think one of the other things I wrote in that article or one other one was was that, you know, each workout is designed a certain way. And so those sessions where I'll have someone go, you know, after a, after a bike or after a run um, is set up for them to focus on their stroke. So I may have them pull a little bit more and there's different kinds of paddles that you can use that integrate or that, you know, bring in different parts of the stroke. Using a snorkel to have them really focusing and seeing that their head is, you know, staying in the right position. Um, and then fins are a big one that I use for not obviously just helping with the kick, but then getting people to understand really what swimming fast is and helping them integrate that kick that makes their arm turnover go quicker so they can feel that like get up and, you know, as you swim a little bit faster, feel the hips move. So I use um, gear all throughout pending on, again, kind of what the purpose of the session is. And, um, you know, especially, uh, with the buoy too, because that does simulate a wetsuit. A lot of times, sometimes, uh, we will bring that in for certain sessions where I want them to be able to swim better, knowing that they use more energy, you know, without the buoy mm. trying to simulate for them. With, um, with regards to adult swimmers, you know, 
when, when we think about learning to swim as an adult, how does it differ for a triathlete in comparison to a swim? You know, let's say I want to do swim masters, I want to go to masters games um, in comparison to just wanting to be a triathlete. Is there much difference in the approach you take uh, to, you know, training the different type of athlete? Yeah, I mean, if someone's uh, just coming to be as an adult to be a triathlete, yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to stroke. But part of that, I, I am a fan of getting them to learn the strokes. Um, but, I mean, you know, in today's day and age, the Ironman is a bucket list thing yeah. that people are doing, right? So I have people come to me who are like, I've never swam before, and I signed up for Ironman such and such, and it's in 14 weeks, and I sw- last time I swam, I was eight. And I'm like, hey. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I will definitely approach that um, a little bit differently. But, you know, I have people who, it, I guess it kind of comes down to the investment that that athlete wants to make. I mean, I have one guy right now who I work with who's, he has, does not come from a swim background, but he has absolutely fallen in love with it. And he, when we talk and I've seen him swim, I mean, he takes everything I say and he is literally like, I can feel my hips doing this. I can feel my hand pitch. I can feel when I do this, this changes. And if you go to swimming with that approach, you're going to have a lot more um, success. And I can, I can push him a little bit more. I can get him to do more versus some of my people who I know they're not really enjoying it and they're just there because they want to get through the race. You know, I'll definitely focus with them a little bit and be like, okay, we need to get you through 2.4 miles in X amount of time. So here's what we're going to do. Um, but you know, I, then, then you find those people, like I said, who just love it. And then I'll definitely introduce different stroke with them and work on different components to help them be stronger in the pool period. In terms of your Kona experience, obviously you've had uh, plenty of plenty of races over there. You know, you, you talked about that first one being a thirty fifth and just learning learning about it. What are, what were some of the I don't know in in the early years? What were some of the key things that you sort of learnt that made the really big difference for you? Because obviously a lot of people are qualifying at the moment. Ironman New Zealand, I'm in Australia, and you guys are starting up your racing season over there in the states. So, what are some of the key things you learnt in those first first few years that meant you ended up being so successful? Well, the first thing I learned was nutrition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my first one I think I looked like I was you know at least four months pregnant by the time I got off the bike um, and just being engaged in the race and all of that but um, I mean Kona specifically has its own I, I really feel it has its own vibe and its own confidence that you have to build over time um, and so there's like a mental component of the races and then also just racing strategy, but nutrition was a huge one. Um, the other one was, and it's funny, but it didn't really happen until after I took the break, um, which sometimes I think you have to take a step back to learn a few key events. Um, but was to, you know, coming from a swimming background, I felt that I should just swim as hard as I could. And I'll never forget, I was talking to this one, a cyclist friend, and he's like, you know, Jeannie, you need to back that swim off. Because I was getting on the bike, and I was just blowing up like crazy. And then I would get back into it. And I was like, what? Back off my swim? What are you talking about? Like, you know, I can't back that off. And so I learned actually how to swim faster and stay in my group and focus on my draft to be able to come out in the same position I was coming out, but without wasting as much energy. And that really, really helped as far as um, the beginning of my bike, which was something that took me a while to kind of figure out. Um, And then the other one was really uh, mentally as far as learning how to let the race kind of 
uh, undo the way it needed to undo without, or not undo, but like come to me the way it was coming to me without getting so worked up if things weren't going the way that you plan. And I mean, Kona, the experience of Kona, I mean, there's just, you know, by the time I'd been there six times, I was like, okay, I think I've got the, all right. Now I, you know, I felt like I really knew what to expect. And that was a lot of, um, that was a lot of confidence for myself that I had learned over the course of years to just be prepared and not freak out, you know, during, during the, the time I was there. Mm, cool. Yeah. Um, what have you got coming up with Endurance Corner? Obviously, uh, you're a um, contributor there. You've got quite a lot of articles up there. Have you got anything coming up with the team there? Uh, well, I'm working on a blog right now about, letting, again, kind of what we talked about, about um, just letting go as far as when you're training and if things aren't going well, how to change your training so that you can stay motivated and not get down. Um, and then right now I'm just kind of, you know, with, as far as my athletes, I just have a ton of people starting to race. We just, I just wrapped up my collegiate season with, um, my team. And so I sort of start shifting gears this time of year. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a lot of stuff. It's been fun. The coaching component of, of triathlon is much way, way, way fun. And I'm surprised how much information I know. (laughs) I didn't know I knew so much until I started coaching. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've had every experience that there is out there. Do you, um, how did you sort of find the transition from, um, from racing? Often when we talk to some of the, you know, the, the guys that have been winning Kona and stuff repeatedly and then they, all of a sudden they finish racing and they find a lot of loss, you know, they just don't know what the hell to do with themselves. It sounds like you're obviously really busy, you've got the family and, and the job, but was there much um, remorse when you, when you sort of gave up the, the competitive racing? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I would say definitely, I mean, my mind's eye still wants to compete. And it, mm. and I still can see myself coming down the Kona, you know, coming down Kona. I mean, it's just crazy how close it is. It's just right there. Mm. Um, but then, you know, when with, with my family and everything, I mean, I just know where my life is right now. And, I, you know, I'm not willing to put myself out there in – and not race at the level that I used to, which I'm okay with. Mm. Um, but it, you know, it probably, so what I'm on year four, I guess, mm. um, of not having raced, you know, the first two years were really, really challenging, um, emotionally and mentally, but I will say, you know, coaching athletes is the best way to go because I just put all of that into them and I love watching them race. I mean, I love, the collegiate team is just a blast. I mean, we go to nationals, so that's like my Kona there. And then, you know, I have all my personal athletes racing all different races that, you know, that's their A race. And so I'm online all the time watching them. And if I get an opportunity to go, you know, I'll go watch them and, and definitely get the energy of Ironman. And, you know, you get that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. And, I you know, you sort of start reminiscing of where you used to go. And now it's starting to definitely become um, – very, very positive and in and, and a great, great place. But for a while, it was it was kind of like almost having, like you said, remorse, a little bit of anger because you can't really do it anymore. And so then you're sort of like, uh, you know, but but you still um, but you still love it. So and it's been helping. I've been trying to kind of do other little things, you know, just other race things, not necessarily triathlon oriented, but runs and swims and run swims and things like that. So that's been fun. Cool. So if people want to follow you or find out a bit more about what you're doing, obviously they can see your articles on Endurance Corner, but um, do you have your own website or a team site or anything like that? 
I do. It, uh, it's actually uh, in the works should be up this week, but it's Affinity, A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, so multi-sport, affinitymultisport.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I try to do as much as the Facebooking and Twitter as I can. <laughs> Very nice. So, guys, if you want to check out um, Endurance Corner, they've got their camp coming up in June, uh, June 20 to 22nd in Boulder, you'll be able to check out the new Ironman course up there. You have Gordo, um, Justin Deere, and Alan Cousins up there as the coaches. So make sure you check that out and all their hundreds of articles on endurancecorner.com. So, Gina, thanks very much for your time and uh, hopefully catch up with you again sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Awesome, mate. Thanks for your time. All right. Have a good day. And we're back, and we haven't actually done the interview yet, so we'll have to talk about that later on. But anyway, Jumbo's sponsor. Athlinks.com. I was thinking, well, and I've got on my little Skybox. I wonder what that noise was. Yeah, <laughs> humming. Uh, got a few things going on my Skybox at the moment, and one is the tour of California start to record, and the other one is uh, the Giro d'Italia. And I, but wait, I, you, you I watch hardly, it when you're training, do you? I had, No, I don't. I hardly have any time. I end oh, up deleting like, half of this stuff. But I have got uh, Ironman Australia and Ironman Melbourne, the Asia-Pacific champs, to still watch. It's sitting there. It's so like, what? Uh, from like January or February? I was only on TV last week. Oh, okay. Yeah, so TV coverage of that. And I was thinking, who was the first athletes finisher on at Ironman? Melbourne, Melbourne yep. Mark Jansen, who came on our little camp last year in Kona. Swam 55, rode 442, ran 303 for an 847, the age of 40. Pretty impressive. What did he do? 27th overall, 847. Wow. I mean, it was a smoking fast day over still. there. But still, you got to go out there and do the business. And he's, he's talking a big game about going to Kona well, as well. S- someone else I know is as well. Yeah, he thinks yeah. he's going over there to win his age group. He has been on the what podium. What age group is he? Uh, well, he's 40 now, so... I I think he's been on the podium there once before, maybe a third or a fifth or something, but I think he wants to go over there and crush it. So Getting on the podium in Kona on. is an amazing achievement, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty you know, solid. like, well, no, it is no, like, because I know, like, the problem is, you know, you're of a level where that's realistic, mm. and um, but you know, like, most people to get to Kona is the hardest thing ever, you know, mm. and, and and actually, most people will never get to Kona mm-hmm. based on ability, you know. So, of the percentage of people who get to go to Kona, it's a very small percentage of the people who do our sport, mm-hmm. and then of those people who turn up, the percentage who are actually racing for a podium spot mm-hmm. is very small, mm-hmm. and to then get on the podium. It, even though we, you know, you, it is funny that it's five, not three. It, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Like if you get a cone of finish, and and the thing is, getting on the, you get, if you get fourth or fifth, you're on the stage. You're not on the podium. You are on the podium. You're not. You recognise. I'm, I'm not saying I'm on the podium if I get fourth. Or yes, fifth. you will. I'm not. Oh, I'll yeah. say I got to go up on the stage and got a little bowl, but I'm not on the podium. I think that hey, each sport has their own rules. Yeah. And there's this podium, but even top five in Kona, you're like like that's you've got to be a great athlete, don't you? It's pretty. Pretty tough. Pretty but tough. It's good. That's the way you want it. Okay, John. The other thing uh, we had Mark Jansen. So he was the first athletes finisher. Matt Clark was the second athletes finisher, and Chris Aranchi was third. He was uh, in nine oh two oh two. Well, I've just gone to the Lanzarote. Oh yes. And just saw who's going to be racing this weekend. Good old Tim Gardner's going to be racing. Oh nice. He's hoping for a sub seventeen. Sub seventeen. Yep, sixteen fifty nine fifty nine. Boy, my goal for this race to finish the hardest race in the world. That's all he wants. Good. Yep. Good old James McLaughlin. He's going for 11.30. His goals for the race are first SNAFU finisher. I'm mm. not sure what that one is. We know what the last little Well, you think, you think so, don't you? But mm. not quite sure what that means. Uh, he's done the race. He's done this race in 2011, 2006. 
Nice. That's kind of cool as you can find this out, eh? Yeah. Cool. Andrew Golden from London, Great Britain. He's done this race in 2013, 2011. Nice. First female finisher at uh, in Melbourne was Athlink's finisher. It was Helene Vignoni, 50-year-old, 11-12. Goodness, come on. People pick up your games. Not that many Athlink's finishers in, um, in Australia. Come on, Aussies. Pick it up. Well, last year, seven Athlink's right now. I'm just kind of geeking out on good old Lance Grotty. Oh, uh, Farrah Farris won it last year. Mm. I don't remember that. Phil Gray's got fourth. Mm. Bert Jammer, fifth. Mm. Oh, it's, it's good times, John. Good old It's going to be interesting to see how things, again, how things pan out now because all last Colin year. Colin Pollock was the first athletes finisher. Nice. Yeah. Last year, Lanzarote and some of these other races like that and, say, WA, prize money really dipped to a pathetic level. Mm. But now everything's 2,000 points again. So, But is the prize money still pretty crap? Yes, I believe so. I'm not. Torsten, probably, I can check that out in a second. So it's one of those things. Going to get less prize money, but am I going to end up getting more from my sponsors if I win it? Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. If you go like Ferris. When you get crappy points and crappy money, then you go, bugger that. But now the points are reasonable, but the money's crappy. And for a guy like Ferris, who has a, is, is a household name in the sport, but also has a pretty good name in Germany, mm. the German public doesn't know that Lance Grotti's, you know, a, a poor course that, you know, when we think about points and prize money, they just hear that Ferris has won another race. Mm-hmm. And so... And, and taking nothing away from his win and all the rest of it, but he, he probably gets just as much value of doing a race like this to the perception of his brand mm-hmm. in comparison to doing a race which is high level when he only gets fifth or sixth in. Yeah. So 2,000 point race and has a prize purse of 25,000, so it's bugger all. Yeah. Bugger all. Oh, just Ferris, on. Ferris doing it this year? Do you know? No. No. Okay. Uh, just on tryrating.com as well, apparently there's an interview with Andrew Messick on competitor radio. Might be worth a listen. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, Athlinks.com Get on it team It's a really good way Just to geek out In our sport And your own results John I'm going to put some Oh I need some music For this new oh, section Oh you do You need a quiz show I'm going to find a yeah. quiz show Here we go Breaking news John breaking That was the breaking news. news John's interesting facts John's interesting facts <laughs> So I got this email for our kids go swimming in a pool in Christchurch called Aqua Gym. Oh, and, do they? Uh, they, they, they bloody go through the kids there, don't they? Yeah, but every every pool does. No, 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 no. But Jeebus, it's just a lot of kids. It's yeah. good. Uh, and they had a newsletter that came out the other day and they had a little, you know, you chuck in your interesting stuff in the newsletter and they had a picture of the world's biggest swimming pool and your mind's been blown to twice today so Whoa, far. Oh, I hadn't seen that footage on there. It's a big swimming pool. And my mind got blown by this pool. It is incredible. How so long do you reckon it is? It is a thousand. Over over a thousand yards long. So what's a yard? That's uh, just call it nine hundred meters, for example. Okay, it's a long way. That's a, so we've got with you, some foreign place. Where is it? It's, uh, it's in Peru. Uh, no, it's in uh, it's in Chile, and it has uh, sixty six million gallons of crystal clear water, and it's on the Pacific coast of Chile, and it is ginormous. It, they've got like the irony is it's right in front of a beach. It is, but apparently that water is um, sucked in from the sea, and uh, it sounds like the water in the sea there is similar to, say, Christchurch. It's, it's not that inviting. Okay. Yeah, and they suck it in, and then it gets pumped up by nine degrees by the time it's in there, so it's like 26 degrees water or something. So it's, oh, babe, know, look at this. It's, it's this is a nice destination. Oh and it's got like about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's got like eight hotel or apartment blocks around. And not, it. not you know, not your blooming, you know, your corner motel unit. Big, yeah. big hotels. And apparently, costs over a billion dollars to to build it. And Just it the costs, pool. 
Yep, and it costs them a billion dollars for a swimming pool. Two million dollars a year in maintenance. No, they didn't pay a billion dollars for a swimming pool. It's what the article says. It's on the Daily Mail, Bevan. And if it's in the Daily Mail. No, I think it, I think it costs a billion dollars to do the complex. It also uh, poor open and nearly after five years of construction work and said to have set the developers back. back as much as one billion pounds. So that's like even more than a billion dollars. Mm. Oh, I find that hard to believe. A pool that costs a billion dollars. I'm not going to argue with the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> is, is the Daily Mail good reputation newspaper? Uh it's is it the one that did the old it's not phone the, calls? It's not the, no, it's not the Sun. It's uh, it's doesn't I'll, Tim write for the Sun? <laughs> no, he does. Yeah, uh, it's some. I would say it's somewhere in the middle. Okay, I don't know. It, it's it's of, an impressive feat, but a billion dollars. That's what it's saying. Tim, do some investigative journalism yeah, for on, us. Tim, you're the journal. But this place is just—it's crazy. They're sailing in there, and the water—it looks—the water looks just beautiful, oh, crystal got, clear. Oh, I haven't even looked at the further down photos. It's just oh, that must cost a billion dollars. Yeah, so I was just—I was just that you could hold a massive triathlon in there. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Imagine it, if you had to swim. You'd swim one one length of it and uh, get out. And be out the other end, and you'd have just, people in the water. Watching the race. You love your business studies and all that stuff. It'd be incredible to see if this thing had actually... It was a good strategy. Figure it out. It's, it's about an hour's drive from Santiago, I think. So it's, uh, you know, it's probably quite a big population base, but I can't say if everybody's been what to South America. What deep it is at the deepest point? Oh, it says that in there. It's, um, it's yeah, it does say that somewhere. Anyway. Oh, here we go. Pool, 115 feet. Hmm. So it's the world's deepest pool as well. 115 feet's pretty deep, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is like it's only yeah, that'd be like thirty meters or so. Well, I'm six foot. Yeah, so it'd be me times twenty. Mm. That's pretty deep. About thirty meters, roughly. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty deep. It's incredible. Why, why would they make it so deep? Like it's not like you're deep sort of diving in there. Well, you probably can now. Uh, the pool's incredible dimensions leave the next biggest floundering in its wake with the floundering in Morocco measuring a mere fifteen hundred feet long. So what happened was John got on this one and he, <laughs> yeah. got, he got lost. Yeah, he thought, lost the next day of his life. I thought, what the hell's the next biggest swimming? Because the next website has the craziest, most plastic surgery. On well, the then it says ten fascinating swimming pools, and that had that one on as the first, and then. What, totally, then it's got this thing called the Devil's Pool, which is by uh, Niagara Falls. But that's, that's not a swimming pool. That's natural. It's just a natural one. And then it had this hanging pool over the side of a uh, oh, building. Quite when, I, when I showed Thomas that, he goes, oh, that looks dangerous. <laughs> and then it's got the world's largest indoor swimming pool, which is in uh, Miyazaki. And oh, it's got it's skylights. 300 metres long and 100 metres wide. And it's located 500 metres from the sea. Wow, the world's most crowded wave pool. It, this is what blew my mind for the second time one day. It's got a picture of this wave pool in Japan. I'm going to put a video on. It is just <laughs> ridiculous. Where's the, the water? There, you cannot see the water. It has just got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in there. And it's the most unsafe, one of the most unsafe things I've ever seen in my life. What are the lifeguards doing? <laughs> you can't, if you got even remotely started going under. Well, so I've got it on here in the background now. It's just we wait till the waves start going. It's okay. just, you've got, to put, <laughs> this is you've got to put it on the website this week because it is, I've never seen anything like it. That is absolute gold. Yeah. And then it's got a, we've got a blood red pool in, uh, in Koh Samui. Uh, you've got the Playboy pool, why, world's why deepest pool. They just make just it red. Funky. And then you've got another pool which has got a big uh, picture of New, New York in the bottom of the pool. Oh, it's deepest just, in, and that's it's got for the, diving. the infinity pool. So, yeah. The global Couple. warming swimming pool. 
It's what they did with that one. They said they've got, and New York is not under, no, New York is not underwater. Not yet, anyhow. It's a clever ad for HSBC by blah, 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 an ad agency in Mumbai. Uh, and they wanted to raise the awareness of dangers of global warming. So the, cl- the clever ad guys glued an aerial photo of the city's skyscrapers to the base of their swimming pool. The effect, the effect of a submerged cityscape is fantastic. Did you end up clicking on five beauty surgeries gone wrong? No, it's not. Or what about eight more crazy plastic surgeries to look at? No. Uh, so <laughs> These websites are crap, but the story, story is good. Is what about ten out of the body modifications that will make you wonder? Yeah, nine people won't believe this actually exists. <laughs> These websites are crap. But this article, but hey, good. ten fascinating pools did deliver. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to put that video on on www.imtalk.me this week. Questions and answers. Good old Jamie passing through this one. Bike trainers. Good day, John and Bevan. First of all, thanks for your entertaining show. Myself, myself, and my wife Christy love it. Did your show go? Your phone go off? Oh, my, my warning to tell me that uh, we've got 15 minutes to our interview. Just in case we forget, my question is about bike trainers. I have listened to the interviews regarding Revbox Erg and uh, uh, Trainer Road. After listening to the interview of Rob D, I spoke to him on the phone and was pretty sold on his Erg. I heard, then heard the interview about Trainer Road, especially with the, using the kicker, and was very impressed with that option. Christy and I both want to improve our times on the bike. My question is, which trainer do you guys think is the best tool to help me get faster on the bike? We both uh, mostly race halves and Ironman distance races, and this year's Ironman we rode about 6.10. Thanks for your time, and look forward to hearing your advice. Yeah, interesting question, really. I guess it really depends on how you're going to figure out how you're going to become a, you know, your question is to how to become a, a fast, faster cyclist, and I guess that's figuring out where your weaknesses, whether you, whether you're, you know, some people are fantastic at going short and hard, you know, they can pump out an awesome uh, 10 mile, 16k time trial, but their endurance is crap. So I think you got to first, you got to figure out that is, do I need to focus on my endurance? Do I need to focus on my strength, um, my time trialing ability? Where, where you sort of need to focus on to get get quicker? So that guess that's question number one. Your second question around, you know, what sort of trainer is going to to be the most appropriate for you. Um, I guess it depends how long you're going to spend on the trainer. In a perfect world, I'd say you'd, you'd get both. You'd get a, a kicker or something like that, and then you would get a rev box as well. The rev box, I think you'd struggle to stay on that for really long rides, whereas the kicker and stuff, you can use all the, the, the apps and everything like that, and you can simulate courses and you can set up interval workouts and what have you on there. Um, and so I think you could stay on that for, for a much longer time, and it's all, you know, you, you're going to add a bit more interest factor in terms of uh, using trainer road and you can integrate that into your training and it just becomes a lot more interesting whereas the rev box you basically get on there and ride and you need to have a, uh, a power meter and you'd basically be working off your um, working off your, your Garmin or whatever your interface is going to be so and then I think probably the, the final difference is the rev box for me is, is really about improving I don't know, your pedaling efficiency and, and, and it's a really fantastic technique tool versus the, the, the kicker is basically a substitute for when you can't get out on the road and you're trying to sort of follow like a, like a plan on train and road. So yeah, I would say in a perfect world you'd have your kicker and you'd be doing quite a bit of your, your training. If you, if you live in Canada or somewhere in northern Canada and you're all winter you're on, your, on the indoor trainer, you'd say, right, I'm going to do uh, three workouts a week on the kicker, doing a variety of different workouts, and then I'm going to do one or two sessions on the, the rev box where I can actually get some really good technique work done. So if there's two of you, if there's uh, Christy and yourself, and if you had the budget to get both, I think it would be a fantastic, a really, really, the rev box would be a fantastic tool for improving your technique 
unique, but if you want to be something that you're going to be on there for long periods of time, then then the kicker probably would be a, a nudge ahead. I was looking at the plastic surgery people the whole time. Oh, so it was a good website. <laughs> no, there was one guy who spent $160,000 trying to make him look so like the Ken doll. Yeah, we were turning into wheel place. Yeah. He got peak and he got abdominal implants. Yeah. So it looks like he's a six pack abs. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit strange. That is a bit strange. A bit strange. Sorry about that, Jamie. But well done. Bevan, Bevan I'm sure John gave you great advice. I, I will. Let me guess. Probably the kicker for more training and the red box probably for a technique. Am I right? Yeah. Oh. There you go. You got it. Oh, amazing. Is it the only question we have? Well, yeah, we've got, you know, it's a decent length show. Okay. It's fine. Well, many questions as well. Jumbo, sponsors. Oh, we've, got to, we've got to do Coffees of Hawaii. Oh, sponsor. Coffees of Hawaii. Now, Bevan, I put in the request Go on. to get you some decaf. I'm well, Jumbo, funny you say that. Yes. Because Joe and I went and stayed at the hotel. Which one's the one that Thomas Peterson looks after? Uh, Commodore. We went and stayed there the other night. Because go, we- go to the website. Go to the website, John. Commodore, go there. You're in for a pleasant. Bevan was there. I mean, uh, Belinda was out there on Saturday as well. What was she out there for? They had a uh, conference out there. Commodore com It's a Copthorn Commodore I think it is CommodoreHotel.co.nz Go on that website Joe. It's a great website great, Amazing website Go to CommodoreHotel.co.nz Anywhere around the world go, go look at that website right now Because it's life changing And then Oh there's some, some good looking people On this website you got a suit on You goober <laughs> I've got a suit on <laughs> you Do you even own a suit? Oh yeah You've been in the pools Nice Yeah, You like that? Oh yep Joe's having a bit of breakfast Yeah That's Very right good. So we roll we, You know Facilities, yeah. the rooms. Is there a video of you? Uh, no, we didn't do the video. Do the video? No, we just look at that, look at those quads in that fitness centre. Oh, look at the, look at the businessman. Mm. Oh, yeah, Joe and I we were, we were the supermodels for the Copthorne Hotel, and we got Very we got good. a free night there when we were, as a part of doing the modelling. And uh, I have to say, great hotel, it is. beautiful it's room, good, great job. It's right I've by got the this cool thing in our rooms, John, where the bathroom has a window, so you can look into the bathroom, but it has a thing down if you want to be a bit so private. So you're basically getting a bit of a perv while Joe's in the shower. sensational. So, <laughs> male designers. <laughs> male designers at their best. <laughs> and uh, we had a good dinner, and our friend was staying there as well, so we had a good night. And uh, so, which is all good. Where, was, where am I going What's with this? story of coffee? Did you have some decaf oh, or something? They had decaf in the room. Yeah. And it was late at night, and I thought, oh, I need to have a decaf coffee. And I forgot. Great. <laughs> well, I've remembered. So I've asked Albert to send some over. So I'll bring some decaf coffee home for you from Ky- uh, from Kona. So okay. Island style. And my challenge Malachi. is I have to drink it at 9.30 at night. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone's texting me. Is that your reminder? Did you accept any of my invites today? Um, what's that? Do I accept your invite? No, I just said, have you transferred that $5 million to my account? And you said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how I roll. Yeah. yeah. God, where's the commitment to the show? He's just reading text messages oh, in the middle someone's of the show. just done something that's a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest. Throw his phone away. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to get you a new iPhone as well as a new laptop? When no, because new States? iPhones are coming out. I'm in a bit of a dilemma about the laptop, to be honest. Oh. Do you know why? Why? Because... They need to update the line of Mac, 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 MacBooks, mm. and apparently they're going to, but not yet. Mm. And I'm kind of like, well, if I buy one now, then a few months later they'll bring out the newer version, probably with better chips and stuff. Mm. And so do I wait till we go to Kona and have to work with this shitty computer for another three months, mm. or do I bite the bullet and get it when you're there? Tricky decision. Or do I get the MacBook Air? The easy decision, though, is to go and get yourself some coffees of Y coffee. Well, you can do that on your new MacBook. I get some, you get some Hilo coffee, some Kona coffee, Maui coffee, Molokai coffee, Oahu coffee. You can get tour of the islands. 
Well, I think get one cool, of everything. The cool thing is, is you get amazing coffee. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I really added to the and end. And there's uh, new promo codes coming out. Albert's going to uh, flick them over to me in the next week or so. So look out for those. I heard, that, I heard they're doing really great. Did you read that? Did you get the emails? What? I get their emails. Okay. Cool. And they're doing really well. They've got some big women company wants to buy a lot of their product. Nice. Yeah, so they're doing really, really well business. So good work, Coffees of Hawaii. Keep it up, and uh, we'll keep supporting the show, and we'll keep supporting you guys. So get out the guys. Get some Coffees of Hawaii. They're bloody rock stars. Sweet. Jumbo sponsors. Uh, coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, Will's Best Coffee. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Trainer Road. Uh, come join our race. And extreme endurance. Arctic buffer. Okay, Jumbo. we're still working through the nicknames. We've got about another 150 to go. I'm going to start with my ones this week. Um, first of all, Jim Allpass, we've done his one before. Nice. He was no access. Oh, I came up with that one. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Pearson. Uh, I've called him the sharp. Nice. Because I thought piercing, you know, pierce the skin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. The sharp. Cool. Mr. Ba- George Banks, Mr. Money. Nice. That's a pretty obvious one. How do you say that one? Etienne Van Tonda. International legend. Because mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's an international name. Yeah. Um, Stephen Pat. You'd say Stephen Pat? Stormtrooper Nice Yes Carl's James He's the golden flyer Mm -hmm. We've got George Gray Mr. Madman Mm -hmm. We've got William O'Connor I like this one Because I thought William Prince William Mm -hmm. Pressure Prince That's probably Will O'Connor Who we had on the show Had a bit of a discussion about um, Mental conditioning stuff Oh true yeah Well he's the pressure prince Uh, Eric Chet And he's the Viking Mm -hmm. Because Eric the Viking Uh, How's that one? Nico van der Wilsthuizen. Dr. Smasher. Cool. Uh, Michelle the Machine Andreas. Sarah Blair, up, up and away. She qualified for Kona. Got a roll down at Ironman New Zealand as nice. she's all booked in. So she's up, up, up and away. Up, up and away. Uh, Mark Dugan, Super Strider. His athletes picture had him doing this ginormous bloody stride. So Super Strider. Travis Tremaine, Smack Attack. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan Day, controversial one. Bend it like Beckham. <laughs> But that's a good, unfortunately, that's a girl's. What's so funny about that? It's a name of a movie. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but sure, that's a girl's sure movie. He loves that name. Bilb. That's going to be his name, Bilb. 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 Like Bilb. Okay, Bilb. Bilb. Ryan Bilb. Why, why did you come with Ben Like Beckham? Because he's a, there's a picture of his Athlinks picture uh, on on Athlinks, funny enough. He's bent right over. He's just like, he's about to fall on his face. Bend it like Beckham. Okay, fair enough. Bevan finds that humorous. I don't know why. So yeah, I know it's just like, what was that other thing you didn't know? No no one else knew that uh, of course they didn't. The, the Colin the convict Bielowski Oh he's bought books Yep uh, Lisa Robinson Mrs. Fab Was it? Because uh, Here's, here's to, to you Mrs. Mrs. Robinson no, no, no. And then Fab 4 And then so I thought but This was the Fab 4 Fab. Wasn't it? <laughs> it's got for, uh, um, Simon and Garfunkel who cares <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Fab You're Fab anyway Oh god I was, I was going to ask you Is that the Beatles I thought No I'm sure it was anyway. <laughs> Peter Bree Is EJ Because he's Mr. Endurance Junkie And Dave Dwan He wanted a new nickname He wasn't happy. It was Triple D wasn't it Triple D And then uh, We had another one for him He just so keeps He just keeps buying your books And your nickname uh, Yeah Dr. Feelgood Oh, that's a good one. There you go. Yeah, that's good because he's a positive soul. And final one for me is Justin Lightning Shadow Dole. Good times, Jumbo. Good times. Justin Lightning Shadow Dole. Okay, Jumbo, watch your goss. So we don't need to sell the book anymore. Remember, 
Go to the website, download your names over there. If we, if we haven't said your nickname, your name will still be on the list. Download the PDF, and then next week we're doing the draw. What's my gosh? Uh, week in uh, nine days, and I'm in Kona. Oh, Woo-hoo. that's nice. Oh, I'm jealous. Although yeah, we're going, we're going to Melbourne in three weeks. And that three weeks couldn't go faster, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So our weather's just taken a turn for the worst in Christchurch. It's not, it's not terrible, but it's just... Um, it's gone into winter mode. It's yeah. pretty cold. So yeah. it's going to be good to get a bit of sun on the Is back. Is it going to rain today? Uh, it's supposed to rain a bit tonight. Yep. Mm. Not looking very promising out there at the moment. No. Hey, it's all right. I'm coaching. So, yeah, what's my golfs? Um, had an explosion on Sunday. Had my first run back last night. 30 minutes of running with a bit of core and cycling. Seems okay. So that Mother's Day... Yeah, I think my my blow explosion on Sunday was a Mother's Day meltdown. That's what was was my. Had you already bought the Mother's Day present? Had you? No, I hadn't. But, uh, but I you knew it was coming. My punishment for going out training on Mother's Day morning uh, was. Uh, did you not do breakfast in bed? No, no. You're lucky you bought those diamond rings or earrings. Well, that was an after thing. That was. We went did she drop the hints or did you? Was no, we went out and got them together. No, but it was it like she she drops them pretty heavy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was thinking, for you to come up with the initiative to do that, it's pretty big. Mm, no, it was, uh, yeah, so that was all good. Went out and did some stuff together in the afternoon on Mother's Day. And outside of that, tomorrow I have helping with a kiddies duathlon. We have about 800 kiddies rolling around the racetrack doing a duathlon, local one. And that, it's cruising. Do you uh, get the newspaper, John? <laughs> I did get the newspaper. Did you get the newspaper this Thursday? I did Thursday? get the newspaper last Thursday. Did you, was it the best newspaper ever? It was the worst newspaper ever. <laughs> so we're staying at the Copthorne. No, the Commodore. 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 And, uh, it's Copthorne Commodore. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were staying at the Commodore and uh, we got up in the morning and uh, we got the newspaper because they had it outside your door. Mm. The press, the best newspaper in the world. Mm. On the front page of the newspaper, there's this young, young whippersnapper doing mm. some exercises. I was like, wow, mm. that, that's a good looking young whippersnapper. Photos didn't look fake at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then open the paper, full page picture of me, John. I don't know if I saw that part. Oh, I'm going to go get it no, for you. No, don't worry about going and getting it for me. Trust me, don't worry about going and getting it for me. He's gone to go and get it. He's pretty excited about it. Well, I want the Japanese picture of all the people floating in the pool going on our website, but I'm picking that that's probably not going to be the case. Wait a second, I'm coming. Coming. That's what I always say. So, Jumbo. I saw I that one. I saw that on the front cover of the paper. I've definitely moved up a level when it comes to celebrity and I was, more, I was more interested in the swimming pool problems we've got. Yeah, not enough pools. That's a, yeah, yeah, but then there's what four pictures of me on the front page. I'm mm. in front of the word the press. Yes. So there we go. That, that's pretty impressive. Look at this. Yeah, didn't see that one. <laughs> How could you not see that? <laughs> I don't know, I don't recall it. It didn't have any impact on me. A full page of my face, basically. It's almost the same size as my face. You're not quite, but it's getting up there. Yeah. It had an impact on Murray Lapworth because he emailed me at, I think it was like 4.16 in the morning. <laughs> Did he? Saying, whoa, what's going on here? And then, but that's not all, John. Then you go in the middle. As you can hear it, look at that. Double pager. Just Blown me away. all over. I've got a new call routine I can do. Fantastic. I've got like 17 pictures in that day's paper. 18 Amazing. pictures. 
I may have the world record Blown. for the number of pictures of one person in the paper. Even when Michael Jackson died, he didn't have as many pictures as this. We've got one minute till our interview. I don't care. People are loving this. The interview can wait. <sighs> so there you go. If you my fitness bash, Bevan's fitness bash. There you go. You can all get in shape. And my, and my editor said it's been very, very successful for the press. So I'm just saying. How do they measure if things are successful? Um, it's the websites and stuff like that. And right. sales. And they've got lots of sales because everyone wanted to get it. <laughs> Because they, everyone, because what was happening was at workplaces, everyone wanted the bash, right? And they could only get one, so they got one on the way home. Nice. There Actually, it was the biggest selling newspaper ever. Right there, you go. <laughs> so there you go, John. And Avenues did the piece on me a few weeks ago. It's all. I'm, I'm thinking I must be at least an S grade celebrity now. You must be. Fight for life is coming your way. No, I don't do that crap. Yeah. And, um, just gonna stay away from that. Not the plague. What else happening in your uh, world, Bevan? Oh, well, just about it. To be honest. Yeah. Highlight of your yeah, week. Yeah, that was definitely the highlight of my week. What else happening? Band. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, Going to Melbourne in three weeks. Mm. Needs to buy a computer It's all downhill from here After the paper Can't get any bigger than that Can you Well hopefully no No because with the book I've got a PR agent John Oh my god And PR agent That's what TV's all is nowadays yeah. It's just PR Yeah Someone sends out in PR Yeah I'm going to be on TV John Sweet Yeah Seven Sharp Yep Actually Seven Sharp's the one Yeah Do you know the GC guy's gone yeah, Okay no. here's Goss Went to a dress up party On Saturday night Email the person Say we're going to be two minutes late Okay. Just flicker it. <laughs> okay, it's just, it's just <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bevan says we're gonna be two outs later because he's talking about gossip. <laughs> yeah, just say that. Yeah, just okay. Bevan, she'll hear this later. She'll know the truth. It's like, so just say, look. Yeah, uh, we're two to three minutes away. You got two yeah, minutes starting okay. now. So I went to a party, Blair Norton One News. You yeah. know Blair Norton? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Blair Norton One News, and uh, he had his fortieth. John, that's what's happening. He's turning forty. Okay. No, 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 no. It's that time in our life. Oh yeah, thirty-eight. Yep. Yeah, forties. Yeah, yeah. Your first fortieth. No. Well, not at no. Most, no, most of my friends are all school friends and stuff. So, so the next couple of yeah, years it starts to happen. Years, so yeah. this is my first 40th. Yeah. Dress up party was um, old time sporty. Mm-hmm. I wore an old gridiron. I could show you a photo actually. No, just ca- you've got two minutes, so you better no, get no, to your punchline. No, plenty of time, two minutes. Hey, time, wait a second. You'll love this photo. Wait a second. Instagram. If you're on my Instagram. Uh, yeah. You're on my Instagram. Am I? You always put photos up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. This is my old time sporty. Yeah, it's pretty good old time gridiron. Very good. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Good. Yeah. So um went to that. God went as a surfboard. Cool. That was impressive. Yeah. Because he, he like eight foot, like a full yeah. length. He was stuck in the middle of it. I had uh for my stag do I was um cling f- cling film to a surfboard for a while. Oh, well, yeah. Was that <laughs> <fun>? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, carry on. I can't remember where I was going with the story. Oh, so yeah, so Blue Norton works at one news. And so I was trying to talk. Is he, is he going to get in trouble for what you're saying? Ah, too late. Yeah. Okay, carry on. <laughs> so talking to a few of the One News girls, the lovely girls, one of the, Brody from Seven Sharp, mm-hmm. got a bit of a character. Yeah. You probably know her. Yeah, I think I may have seen her once before. Yeah, yeah. She, she's good. Because I was having a yarn to her. And then I started talking to the salespeople, John. What do you think the most expensive program to advertise in New Zealand is? Easy choice would have been the news, but it's probably not that because the news on Sunday night is the most watched program, mm. but it's not the best demographic. The best mm. demographic is twenty to fifty or twenty-five to fifty or something like that. Oh, so probably MasterChef or something like no. that. No. Okay, what is it, Bevan? Big Bang Theory. Oh, that is classic. That is gold. Yeah. That's my favourite program. <laughs> See, that's why they. Pay. It's probably the only program that I watch every week. Really, but mm. what about Modern Family? Uh, it's not on at the moment. Oh, because was you wrote into them, didn't you? And they came back on. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. And Big Bang's on pretty much every week, all the way year year round. So if you want to do just a one-off ad, what do you reckon you're paying for thirty seconds? 
ten thousand. I don't know. I've I've got, I've got no idea. Fourteen thousand dollars mm. for thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Ads don't work on them or on the I fast forward. I could not tell you. That's the thing that is, eh? But you, people will keep paying it because they think it'll work. But they're and one user will, they'll keep selling it and saying it's fantastic. But who watches ads? Who watches ads nowadays? Yeah. <sighs> Nothing worse than when you forget to record something, you have to watch right. it live. You've had your two minutes. Anything else you want to say quickly? Um, we're already four minutes late. Okay, well, tell her we're going to start now then. Mm. I always said more, but people want to hear, but hey. Pen's been broken again. <laughs> that is a, I'm going to see if I can find you an, an unbreakable pen when I go away. These are good pens. Good, there's something about a good pen, isn't there? Mm. These are good pens. Anyway, let's do it. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.